the Lord that he um, he risks temporary hurt and misunderstanding, even pain, for something much greater, a living relationship with him. We're going to draw uh, deeply from several wells here in God's word together today. We're going to begin um, with our core passage. Um, it's a Thanksgiving passage, but it's a but it's an unusual one. It comes from Isaiah, um, beginning at chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12. So if you open your Bibles right to the middle, you will probably end up somewhere near Psalms or Proverbs. And if you go a few books to the right, you'll see um, the prophet Isaiah. Oh, my goodness. It, he's considered um, one of the greatest prophets, uh, not just because it's one of the longer books, but it's astounding how many times God revealed what was to come to Isaiah before he ever told the rest of us what was going on. So we'll see several times in the coming weeks in Isaiah 7, we see that, that amazing proclamation, Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. In Isaiah chapter 9, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. And a few verses later, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. In Isaiah 11, right before our passage today, in the midst of judgment, in the midst of God completing his judgment on Israel, the ten tribes to the north, and in the, in the midst of Judah's fear that, that the same judgment would be cast down on them, God through Isaiah prophesies, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch, or Natser, Nazareth come from that word, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and might, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So God is revealing his perfect plan for his people. And, and in the midst of that, while now uh, the ten tribes of northern Israel have been taken into captivity in Assyria, while Judah is recovering from being surrounded by the armies of Sennacherib, uh, God says in the midst of their struggle, there's going to come a day when you are going to say, I will give thanks to you, uh, 12.1. Oh Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. First 39 chapters of Isaiah are about the righteousness of God and his judgment. But the next 27 chapters in Isaiah are about his comfort and his love for his people. So long before that comfort actually arrived, God said, one day you're going to give thanks to me. You're going to say, verse 2, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Isn't that awesome? I will trust and, not, and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Maybe a thousand years after the exodus, 
Moses' song has become Isaiah's song. And 2,600 years later, Isaiah's song has become our song. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. God continues with joy. You will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. And proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Got our missionaries with us to Colorado. Let this be known in Colorado. We got our missionaries right now in Tunisia, right? Let this be known in Tunisia. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion. Why? For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel, the very Word of God. Thanks be to God. Keep your finger there, because that's where we're going to spend the bulk of our time today. And if you can, text over or flip the pages over to the New Testament, to 1 Thessalonians. There's five books beginning with T, right toward the back half of the New Testament. First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, then Titus, First Thessalonians, uh, chapter five, speaks of that day of which Isaiah prophesied. Speaks of the day of the Lord. At the end of that chapter five, he gives us in very sweet little bites. He gives us a practical application. What can we do in light of what God? has done in light of who God is. And he says it very quickly and clearly in some of the shortest verses, bite-sized chunks in the Bible. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Are you there in your Bibles? Would you say that with me? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. First Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. Oh God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock. And our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. We're finishing our series on a vision for the harvest. That, that unique combination of understanding who God is and what he invites us to do. During our journey, we have picked up, I don't know whether you want to use the imagery of a tool belt. We've picked up more tools for our tool belt. I've called them soul training exercises from sharing your testimony to praying uh, through the prayer wheel, we've, we've picked up little clues about how we can faithfully walk in these days so that God might be glorified, so that people could not only come to the saving knowledge of who God is, but, but here's been one of our, our goals, that, 
that we could gain everything we need for a walk of faithfulness with God. Because as we've seen, things can change on a dime, right? And much of the world, people are not allowed to gather like this, right? If tomorrow, if tomorrow, God forbid, um, our country became like many other countries in the world, where all of a sudden what once was an anchor and a foundation now becomes illegal. Would we have the tools? Would we have the discipline? Would we have the awareness of how we could live in the midst of that? That's why we've been focusing on these spiritual disciplines. We included a couple of bookmarks in your um, bulletin today. Those of you online would be glad to send them to you to just text us and let us know. One of them was that prayer wheel. When you're ready to go on beyond just what I need from God, when you're, when you're um, ready to move deeper into a discipline of prayer, I just found that hour with, with God so precious. Starts with praise, it ends with praise, and it walks you through uh, a, a prayerful hour where you can encounter not only the holiness of God, but the mercy of God and his forgiveness too. So I invite you to use that in your in your daily soul training. But you also see on one side there the um, the SOAPS Bible study. That's just a, a, a precious gift, a, a, a tool for you individually to take any passage of Scripture and go deep with it. And, and on one side of one of those bookmarks is a summary of the SOAPS that we focused on over these past few weeks together. But you'll see on the colorful side of that same bookmark uh, just an invitation to um, to uh, what we call a, a DBS, a daily, excuse me, discovery Bible study. And um, the idea is that with these simple tools, these simple questions, and the Word of God, you can go anywhere in the world and open God's Word and not only experience His Word for you, the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches, Right? I can stand up here and flap my jaws all day long and, no, and nothing can happen, right? Or the Holy Spirit can teach. And he, and with his simple tools, you can go into God's word with anyone in your household, anyone in your neighborhood, anyone in your workplace. But I wanted you to see today uh, the very first question on the, on the DBS. And I say that and I probably didn't give myself one of the, um, one of the, one of the things. But the question that I wanted to focus on, thank you so much, Sandy, is look at the very first one, gratitude, right? What happened last week that you are thankful for? Isn't, isn't this cool? See, my, my great prayer is that God would take us out of the church and into the world, right? But, but you're not going to put up a sign and say, we're having a worship service at Vogel School uh, tomorrow, can you come? We're going to have a worship service at my work. No, you can ask a simple worship question, right? That's what gratefulness is, right? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Anybody, and this is really, this is really crazy. Several in my family system don't know the Lord. Um, but guess what? Um, it, it's, it just strikes me as a little bit funny. Um, they get together at Thanksgiving and, and share what they're thankful. Who are you being thankful to, right? Um, 
their hearts long to worship. They long to worship. They were created to worship, right? We saw in John chapter 4 that God desires worshipers. He made us that way, right? How, how it must pain him when we worship created things rather than the creator, right? So you'll see in this Discovery Bible study that a simple question that you can, you can bring up in the lunchroom at work. And what, hey, what, tell me something good. That's the way I do it. That's my, that's my gratefulness question. Tell me something good. Oh, and every, every space kind of brightens, right? They want to hear something good. I'm not going to mention something simplistic like UCLA winning last night. Okay? Not going to be that cheap. I'm not going to be that low, right? I know. <laughs> Thank you for calling me out. <laughs> if the shoe fits, right? Oh, my goodness. Everybody's grateful for something, right? Alice, I've, I have watched you in, in this difficult season of losing your beloved, and yet you still have found something to be grateful for, right? Everyone, everyone can take that first baby step toward worship. No, there's all kinds of good questions in there, but I want you to look toward the back of that as well. One of the fundamental uh, questions that we end with is say, what will you do if you believed the things that you've learned about God to be true? What will, there's that word will, what will you do in that? And it's really important to make those decisions, right? The I will statements. Why am I camping on this so much today? Because I, I was looking at our scripture for today at, at Isaiah chapter 12, and it breaks perfectly into two halves. The first one, the first half is God is, right? God is thanksgiving and praise, right? What does he say? God is my strength, right? You know, you know, sometimes our strength is dependent on, on simple little physical things like going to bed on time, right? Um, again, true confession, I was staying up last night. I got through the first half of the UCLA game. It didn't start till like 9.30 at night, right? By, by 11 o'clock, we haven't even passed the first half yet, right? And, and, uh, and they looked like they were going to lose, so I went to bed. Um, sometimes our weariness comes from foolish decisions that we make, but there's a different kind of weariness, isn't there? There's a weariness that comes from being overwhelmed by the circumstances around us. And, and, and the longer we carry those heavy burdens, the more tired we get. All the while, God is saying, let me carry that burden. So the psalmist echoing Moses, echoing, echoing the saints who've gone before. says, God is my strength. I'm thinking of, of 2 Corinthians 12, 19, right? And Paul says, three times I begged the Lord to take this thorn from my flesh, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you, right? My power is perfected in your weakness. God is our strength. We can try and do it on our own, but we will fail. Or we can rest in his strength. Psalmist, or excuse me, Isaiah continues. 
and says, God is my song. My song. I'm so privileged to work um, among beautiful people here. I, my heart, I was about to say, my heart breaks for those of you who work in very difficult environments. Um, but I know that God has placed you there. And, and so I'm, I can't say I regret it. I, I'm glad that he has. He's put you as a light in those places. But one of my greatest joys is to be working in my office and have somebody walk by the door uh, and they're, they're humming a little song, right? They're singing a little song, right? By the way, be very careful, little ears, what you hear, right? Remember that song from your childhood? Because whatever you listen to, it's going to come back to you. I've shared that with you before. Around here, people sing uh, worship songs. I caught myself at the old Olivet, um, wandering the halls of Olivet, singing a song of my own. And it went something like this. When you say Budweiser, you've said it all, right? (laughs) Be careful, little ears, what you hear, right? God is my strength. God is my song. Let your heart sing, right? Sing the greatness of God. But he continues, God also is not just my strength and he's my song. He has become my salvation. I know that I am his. I know that I'm going to spend eternity with him, right? I know that my beloved whom I've had to release my white knuckle grip on, I know that God was my beloved salvation. I'm going to, I'm going to rest in that truth. God is. So in, in a Discovery Bible study, you spend the first portion. What do you learn about God, right? What do you learn about God? God is, right? But because of who he is, who he is evokes a response from us. And it's critically important then that, that we get to the I will section, right? And, and, and Isaiah, God through Isaiah said, there's going to be a day when you will get this. There's going to be a day when you understand who I am. And as a result, your life is changed. As a result, you choose, you will to be different. And, and God through Isaiah says the day will come when you will trust in him. When you will put your weight down on him and not on the circumstances around you. It's good or as challenging as those circumstances could be. I choose. I will trust in him. Verse 2, but notice that he ties together things that you have intuited before, things that you automatically understood before. I will then not be afraid, right? I will not be afraid. How many times have we said the enemy, right, of, of faith is fear, right? So you have a choice on what you're going to camp on. You have a choice on what you're going to dwell on. You can choose to live out of the fear and I'm not diminishing those. There's, there's really uh, big things to be afraid of, right? But you can choose. You can say, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. Several years ago, um, our vacation Bible school focused on Psalm 
And the little children sing this precious little song. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. I will trust. They were, they were quoting Psalm 56. What I loved about that was that it, um, it put those two things that I knew were in opposition to each other side by side. It, it, it said, I'm going to let fear trigger my faith, right? I'm going to let fear, when, when there's no judgment or condemnation. I'm not here beating about the head and shoulders, those of you who find yourself even maybe today living in fear. No, let's choose to let the fear be a trigger for faith, right? When we feel the fear coming on. Let's let it trigger, let's let it trigger our faith instead. And, and in doing so, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you make it something very, very good, right? So in, in Thessalonians, right, we, we um, see that, that God has given us a way to pull that trigger. He says, pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing in in twelve Isaiah twelve four and First Thessalonians five eighteen we're told here's how you pray give thanks to the Lord right give thanks to the Lord tell me something good what happened to you this week that you're thankful for but then take it to the next level Isaiah God through Isaiah says call on His name. Call on his name. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 116, and he just walks us through this process. And I always I always turn to Psalm 116 when I've had a tremendous loss in my life or when I'm trying to minister to people who are having tremendous losses in their life. Why? Because the great invitation of God, you don't have to have it all together. You don't need to know what tomorrow holds. All you need to do is call on his name. And, and by the way, in Isaiah chapter 12, you'll see that the Lord written in caps, that's the name of God, Yahweh, right? Yahweh. God says, use my name. It breaks my heart that the people of Israel, in trying to keep his name holy, stopped using his name, the very gift that he had given to us. But there's another name that we can call on, isn't there? A name which is above every other name, right? The name of Jesus, right? Have you ever been at that point of desperation where all you could say is, Jesus, Jesus. If that's the only word you know, know this for certain. It's the only name you need. If you're there today, I just invite you, call upon that name. Call upon his name. Pray without ceasing. But he continues in verse 4 and he says, proclaim. Proclaim what? Two things. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Proclaim that his name, both Yahweh, who will encounter face to face one day, that glory right on the throne, and also Jesus His only begotten Son will be raised up and sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, right? 
proclaim that his name is exalted. Why? Because when we exalt the name of Jesus, he draws all women and men to himself. He, he breaks the chains that bind us. He overcomes. He overcomes. Again, continuing now in Philippians 2, where I hinted earlier, 9 through 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That about covers it, doesn't it? In heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh my goodness. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, Paul says, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. Oh God, if there's any, then the sound of my voice who have not yet come to that place, God, where they could give up lifting up their own name and instead call upon your name. If there are any, God, who today you grant that gift of faith to put their weight down on the reality that Jesus is Lord, to put their weight down on the reality that you raised him from the dead to prove that to us, God. I pray, God, you might grant them the faith to confess you are Lord. I believe, God, that you raised Jesus from the dead. God, I enter into your salvation. Now, thank you. Thank you, Father, that in your perfect timing, you allow us to know. You allow us to proclaim. You allow us to exalt the name of Jesus. Mm, We worship you. Proclaim that his name is exalted, but but proclaim also what God has done. There is something that happens when God's people courageously proclaim what he has done, right? It's that first baby step. When we witness to what we know to be true, when we witness to what God has done in our life, other people's hearts are stirred. The Holy Spirit stirs in other people and, and they begin to say, God, is it possible? that you could also work in my life. When we proclaim what God has done, then other people's hearts are stirred. I told her that um, I was going to call her up about, well, how long ago ago? Kathy, 20 minutes? Come on up for a second. It is such a privilege to serve Jesus with you. Can I put my arm around you? Is that okay? Right after you told me that you were exposed last weekend. Um, I'm not afraid. Yeah. That's why I wanted to call you up. Say that again, what you just said. I said I'm not afraid. Why are you not afraid? Um, because of Jesus. I mean, that scripture when you, in Isaiah, when you read it, you know, I'll trust in him and not be afraid. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it, I mean, now it's just a life kind of thing that I say. 
And every time you get to that point where you think, I got this now, then God puts you in another situation and say, do you got this, right? Yes, he does. That's kind of happened this last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Would um, you tell us a little yeah, bit? Yeah, sure. I went into my um, doctor for my yearly, uh, well, I should say six-month checkup because I go in. I'm nine, I'm nine years out from breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I went in, they did find a spot. And um, um, first off, God does wonderful things. He gives, He gave me a doctor that's a believer. The technician sings on a worship team at church. Um, the young woman that took me back out to the waiting room afterward. I just, I always want to start prayer as soon as I can. So I said to her, pray for me. Our spirits just connected. She mm-hmm. put her hand on me and and. Mm-hmm for me before mm-hmm. I even went back out to the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, so um, then I had several other things like ultrasound, and then I had to have a biopsy last week on Monday. Um, I'll just, I'll, the results were good. They came back Wednesday, but it had all the signs of what cancer would would be. So I, I believed that I, I did believe I had cancer, so I believe God healed me. And um, and he can do he can do that either by healing me here or healing me in heaven. So and I look forward to heaven. Um, I guess because I'm getting old. <laughs> but uh, but, I, but as, as dirt just, comes to mind. Yeah, as dirt. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I just I just love the Lord so much and trust in Him. And um, and you all know our stand and my stories over the years. And He's been so faithful. He's been so faithful. And uh, Amen. He has been. And and I think about Alice and. Uh, just, just the things that happen in our life, and just knowing that God's got us. And I, I, the first thing I thought was to get through this one day at a time, and see how God does. But that that my name's on His hand, mm-hmm. you know, and He loves me so much, and He loves all of us so much. And and this world has become such a fearful place mm-hmm. that it just makes me so sad because we don't have to fear because we're His. So. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, ra- I'm rambling. No, you're not rambling at all. That's good stuff. I, I just, so much of what you've talked about this morning is just walking with God yeah. and one day at a time and trusting him because things are going to happen. And I, we have to thank him for the suffering because that's where we grow. And um, and life hasn't been easy. But right. like Alice and I were talking this morning, one one foot in front of the other and yeah. just keep moving. But knowing that he's right there with you, you know, that he'll, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And he's never left me. I mean, I left him years ago several times, but, but you know, um, he's just always been faithful, always there. So, yes. I love him. I think he's pretty fond of you, too. <laughs> yeah, I look, forward to, I look forward to dancing in heaven. I did a little dancing this week. <laughs> did you, did you, yeah, yeah. And I want to go back there just for a second because there was a moment, there was a moment last week where, where you found yourself afraid, right? There was a moment when you heard that news. Am I making that up? Um, do you ever? No, do you, I think. Do I you think, ever get afraid? Yeah. What, yeah. Do you, what do you do when you get afraid? I turn to God because you know. I mean, I have lots of friends to talk to and stuff, but God's the one that gives me the peace. Yeah. You know, and then as soon as, as soon as I turn to Him, then I was calm again yeah. or peaceful again about it. You yeah. know, but yeah. but yeah. So so I'm, I'm not trying to make a no. try to twist your life into something, but I love it about you that when that you're real, you get angry. Yes. <laughs> Life is messy, isn't it? Come on up, worship team, if you would. Uh, um, and and you still have those pains of fear. Mm-hmm. But you can let the fear trigger mm-hmm. your faith. Yes, absolutely. Kathy, um, uh, there was three things going on. Your situation was going on. We were we had lost Steve. We lost our dear beloved um, Bob um, mm-hmm. Sterling uh, last week. Yeah. Um, one of our one of our um, online uh, guests um, lost his wife mm-hmm. suddenly. 
And the words that you said uh, that you encouraged one another with, uh, we're just going to put one foot in front of another and live one day at a time. He said those words to me. He's holding on for dear life oh, this morning. Yeah. Would you pray for Henry? Would you? He lost his wife last week. Yes. Oh, Lord, we just bow down before you, Father, and worship you yes. and praise you for uh, knowing all the circumstances are going to happen in our life, Lord, and know that um, that your hand is on us, Lord, mm-hmm. and um, we can't we can't run from from life, but we can run to you. And I just pray for um, Henry and and Father and his loss and feeling alone. But Lord, I think about the verses you've given me, fifty four five Isaiah. Uh, that you uh, will be everything he needs for, yes. for me. You've been, you will be my husband, Lord. I, yes. I thank you. And for Alice, that, that's a verse for her too, Lord. And for all the people that have lost their loved ones, yes. that God will be all they need. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, Lord, I don't trust that picture mm-hmm. enough, but but I know that you are. So just in knowing that helps me live it, Lord. Mm-hmm. And I just pray that for the family, mm-hmm. that for Henry and his whole family, Lord, as they've lost their loved one. And, and I know that sometimes it's just really hard. And, uh, but Lord, you're, you, you will be there and that you will sustain him in mm. everything that he needs, Lord. Amen. Oh, God, we think of those right here in our sanctuary who, and watching online right now, who are facing incredibly challenging circumstances. Mm-hmm. God, help us to choose to be thankful. Help us to choose to focus on who you are and not the circumstances at our feet. Help us win. When fear comes, God, to let it trigger our faith in you. And then, God, we just look forward to joy, to hearing testimonies like Kathy's, to hearing testimonies like Alice's, to hearing testimonies like Dave's, and to hearing Mm -hmm. testimonies like Henry's, God, of how you provided in our time of need. We love you, God, and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Kathy. Well, real, real quick. I want to just encourage you that God continues through Isaiah. When he delivers, when he answers our cry, what is our heart's response? Praise. Praise, right? I praise you, God. Yeah, the, the Isaiah breaks it down in verse 1 and 6 and then 5 and 6. Rejoice in the Lord. Choose joy. Even when you're still in the midst of the storm, choose joy. Shout aloud. Shout aloud. I've shared with you so many times that I, I, I can't understand myself. That I can be watching a football game and an interception is made and I jump up and cheer and start the dance, right? And, and why don't I do that about my salvation, you know? The greatest thing that has ever happened to me, and I'm like the frozen chosen, right? The greatest thing, shout aloud, sing for joy to the Lord, right? Let what God has done become your song. So if you were here earlier today, um, when we began, we... Um, Remember, we don't want to be singing beer commercials in the hallways, right? We want to be singing praise to God. And there's a simple little song. I can, I can remember the very first time I heard it. I was in a worship service in Santa Monica, California. It's a simple little song. When you find yourself overwhelmed to help you, to help you enter his gates, to help you enter his courts. It goes like this. 
We give thanks to you, O oh Lord, we give thanks. We give thanks to you, O oh Lord, we give thanks. For your name is near, your wondrous works we declare. We give thanks to you, O oh Lord, we give thanks.